0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 3 as we are uh, in the book of Hebrews on Wednesday nights. And this is where we dig down deep into the scriptures and uh, walk through these various books verse by verse. Last week, uh, wow, I didn't want to stop last week that we were on a roll uh, in chapter 3, the way it opens up, and then we talked about the comparisons. Uh, chapter 3 talks about, gives a comparison, at least in the beginning, of Jesus and Moses, uh, how Moses was awesome, but Jesus was awesomer. Is that a word? It is now. Awesomest. And, uh, and, then, and then we went over to 2 Corinthians 3 and gave the comparison of the old law that was written in Grave on Stones, you know, the Ten Commandments, but how this new covenant far exceeds in glory, that one, that glory that was passing away, uh, that was fading away, and, and now we have a better covenant established on better promises. Remember I told you that the book of Hebrews can be narrowed down to one word, better. It's glorious. Now, it is written to Jews. It is written to Jews. So uh, we have to look at this book through the lens of what Paul the Apostle taught us, all right, through the lens of what Paul the Apostle taught us so that we as Gentiles can receive what we need to receive from this and not get confused about, it. because you can get confused if you, if you read this, that is, especially things that are specifically to Jews, and you try to take that into your own life, it's going to jack you up, all right? You've got to remember that all Scripture is for us but not all Scripture is to us. I'm going to keep saying that to it, so we can remember that all of it is for us, and a lot of especially the Old Testament, a lot of it is for our learning and our appreciation of Jesus, <laughs> that we were never under the law ever. We, we as Gentiles don't even say we are no longer under the law. We were never under the law. The Jews were the ones who were under the law. We weren't even in that deal. When God said, thou shalt not kill, he didn't, he didn't mean don't kill Gentiles. He meant don't kill each other because, I mean, they went to killing after those Ten Commandments came, right? So that had to do with them as a nation not killing one another. Everybody else sorry. Praise God that God, God opened up the door to all of us through Jesus Christ, that all of us could receive his favor, all of us could receive his grace, all of us could re- receive his salvation. Can I get a good amen? Amen. So, so there are things that particularly do not pertain to us, as I said before, just a couple of thoughts. Uh, if, if you feel like that all the Bible is to you, then you need to go home tonight and pluck your right eye out and cut your right hand off, all right? If you're going to take everything literally from the Scriptures, thank God we don't do that, all right, because we're not under the law. Because uh, Jesus himself said, if your right eye offends you, you need to pluck it out. Now, either everybody in here is a liar or you're perfect. Has anybody right eye ever offended them? You ever looked at something you shouldn't look at? I'm just wondering. All right, am I in the right church? All right, we're talking to real people here tonight. All right, so all right, I got to go. We got to go with Hebrews 3. All right, stop, Eric. Verse 4, because we only got to verse 3 last week. Verse 4, for every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. Verse 5, and Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant, For a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward, but Christ as a son. Did you see that? Moses as a servant, Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. In other words, if we have faith in him. That's really what that's saying. If we have faith in all of our confidence is in the Lord Jesus Christ for our salvation. All of our confidence is in him to take us to heaven. We cannot do it on our own merits. We can't be good enough. We can't be smart enough. We can't go to church enough. We can't do enough religious stuff. No, this is our total trust is that Jesus Christ has the ability and the power to take us all the way to heaven through his death, his burial, his resurrection, shine everything else. Amen. Therefore, verse 7, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and I said and said they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my Ways. Not only can you sense God's anger here, but you can also sense his grief. They always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my way. See, the, the Lord's desire, when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt from, from the bondage and slavery of, of, of Egypt for, after they'd been there 400 plus years, he longed to fellowship with them. He wanted to be their God and they be his people. All right? He did not want to be a taskmaster. They had already been under a taskmaster for years and years and years, hundreds of years. He wanted to show them his glory and his goodness. He wanted them to know his ways and to experience his grace. But that's not what they wanted because they were rebellious. And so what the Jews asked for from God was, give us the rules. Just give us some rules. We don't really want to know your ways. We want you to provide for us. Yeah, we want you to do stuff for us. We want you to perform for us. We're going to need food. We're going to need water, and we're going to need your protection. But other than that, just give us a list of rules, and then we'll be good religious people, and we'll do the checklist each week, right? I read my Bible. Check. I prayed. Check. I went to church. Check. All right, I'm good just give us the things to do, and the Lord gave them 10 simple things, and and they couldn't even keep those. And he knew they wouldn't be able to, because our relationship with God is not one to be based upon performance. It's on a personal relationship. And so, that's they asked for, God. That was not God's design to give them the law. They asked for it. They said, Moses, we're not God. God called all of them to come up to this mountain to meet meet with them. Now I can I can sympathize with them a little bit because the Scripture said there was black smoke, there was thunder and lightning, and God says, Yeah, come on up and see me. Can you imagine, like, I, I don't know, uh, walk into that thunderstorm up there? I don't I don't know. And they said. And Moses, I tell you what, why don't you go for us? That's what they said. You go for us, and you talk to God, and then tell whatever He tells you to tell us, we'll do it. That's the deal. Just tell us what to do and what not to do, and we're good. And so God did. That's where the Ten Commandments were inscribed. And it never, it never did go well. So... Uh, God says, I was angry because they have not known my ways. Now I want you to jump over to Psalms chapter 103 for just a moment. And this is another verse of Scripture that shows us really the the sad condition that God's children, the children of Israel were in. Look at this. Psalm 103 verse 7, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. Did you see that? In other words, Moses had a relationship so he understood the ways of the Lord. They only wanted God to perform so they only got to see performance. He only showed his acts to them, but he showed his ways to Moses. And God wanted to show his ways to all of them, but they only wanted his acts. They just wanted him to do stuff for them, and that was good enough for them. They didn't want to have to commit their hearts to them. They didn't, didn't want to have to surrender to him. They wanted to just live their lives for themselves. And then every once in a while when they needed him, they needed him to show up. Right? He's kind of like the spare tire in the car. Right? You don't ever think about it until you need it. Yeah. Amen. That's sad. I, it's sad. I, I don't like to see, especially amongst believers, treating God like a spare tire. Yeah. Never think about him, never talk to him, never acknowledge him in anything. But boy, when trouble hits, oh man, where's God? Yeah. I got to get him out of my trunk. I ain't thought about him in a while. So they weren't interested in the ways of the Lord. In other words, knowing Him. They just wanted Him to perform for them. They wanted Him to supply water, food, and protection. And they, in turn, would perform for Him. (laughs) Look at John chapter 6 for a moment, verse 26. We're going to bounce around a little bit. You all right tonight? Okay. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you. Of course, you know I was in Granbury. How about this guy? Can we have a hand for Jeremiah bringing the word on Sunday? I'm blessed to have this man in my life and in our church. It's comforting to you know I can, I can go and check in on our other congregations and know this guy's got it. Uh, but we celebrated one year of Pastor Brandon being in Granbury as the pastor. Man, that church is so excited. We pulled up and our the new One Cost Church sign is is there on the highway. Uh, it's on the door. Uh, a lady in the church made this big cake that said One Cause on it. And anyway, the people are just rallied behind Pastor Brandon and our church. And uh, in one year's time, there has been such a turnaround uh, in, in in that church. It's just marvelous, marvelous to see everybody rallied together and, and behind the vision of One Cause Church. So I, I'm just here to bring good news to you tonight. Uh, this, is, this has become such a wonderful thing. You know, in the beginning, it was a little, <laughs> it was a little shaky, and we had some trouble uh, uh, over the first few months. But wow, everything smoothed out, and uh, praise God. Great things are happening. John chapter 6 and verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. So Jesus is talking. Remember when he did the big miracle of feeding the 5,000, you know, with the loaves and fish? Well, now the crowd's chasing him around. And so he's going, okay, so it's not really about the miracles. You just want another meal. This is why you're following me around. Do not labor for food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set His seal upon Him. you see that? Jesus came to give what? Eternal life. Then they said to Him, what shall we do? It's always about doing, isn't it? What shall we do that we may work the works of God? I love what Jesus says. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He sent. That's all, Jesus? That's it? That sounds too easy. Just believe? That's what He said. That's what He said. Believe on Him, in Him whom He sent. So our relationship with God always has been, is, and always will be about our faith in Him. Now let's go back to Hebrews chapter three, verse eleven. Remember, Hebrews three eleven. Before that, God said they always go astray in their hearts. But then here He says, "Therefore I was angry with that generation, uh, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter." My rest, they shall not enter. My rest, beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another. So remember what he's remember what he's trying to make a case for, as he started in the very beginning, as as the apostle or whoever wrote the the book of Hebrews um, might be a she even because there's no name on it. We talked about that, but As as they build the case, the author builds the case for the superiority of the Lord Jesus Christ. He opens it up, starting talking about that that God spoke through all of these prophets and uh, in times past, but now in these last days, has spoken to us through Jesus. Jesus is the final word from God to us. He's it. All right. And then he talks about Jesus' superiority over all the angels, and as wonderful as the angels are, to none of them has he ever said, you are my son, till they have begotten you. And so, and then we also see Jesus' superiority over Moses and the law, all of those things. And so and the reason he's doing that is to tell them, because the people were, these Jews were, were still trying to go back. They say they believe on Jesus, but then they were going back to the sacrificial system, believing that they still had to shed the blood of bulls and goats, for their sins, when Jesus took away their sins once for all. Yeah. All right, so he's telling them, don't depart from the living God. Going with an evil heart of unbelief, stay on the promise. And he's gonna, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit more. Let, let's look verse thirteen. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. In other words, if we stay in faith. Stay in faith. Believe that he's the sole source. He's everything. Nothing else will do. You can't add to him and you can't take away from him. He's everything. While it is said, 15, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Now He's saying, who are we talking about here? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? Verse 19, he sums it up right here. So we see that they could not enter in because of smoking and drinking and chewing. They couldn't enter it because they were sleeping around. Couldn't enter because they were playing bingo. Couldn't enter in. (laughs) No, it says they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. Because of unbelief, which is the root of all sin. They did not enter into the promised land because they did not believe God. All right? Let's jump over to Exodus now. We're going to see this for just a moment. We're going to look at exactly what he's talking about. Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. The Lord is calling Moses. He's already called him in Exodus chapter 2, or is it 3 where he begins his call? I think it's 2, the, the burning bush, uh, where God meets Moses out in the back of the desert at the age of 80. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are, maybe this is the chapter, who, who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. Verse 8, for I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites. And the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. God describes the people that are in the land He has promised them. So God didn't just say, "Oh, it's everything's it's a land, it's a good land, it's like flowing with milk and honey." You know what He also was telling them? You're gonna have to fight for it. It's yours, but you're gonna to have to go take it, because these ites are there, and these ites are there, and these ites are there, and these these people groups are there. They're all there. So, it's good, and it's for you. It's your inheritance, but there are others there that you're gonna to have to drive out. It's a fight. My family, maybe you've lived long enough in the, in this walk with God that you've experienced that whenever you go after a promise from God, it's a fight. Whenever you're believing God for your healing, there's a fight, there's a struggle, there's resistance. You're believing Him for a financial breakthrough, help, help, restoration in your family. There's a fight, there's resistance, there's a struggle. All right? Keep that in mind. Now jump over to Numbers chapter 13 and verse 25. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 25. And they returned from spying out the land. So now Moses sends out 12 spies over to the land that God told him about where all these parasites parasites, and Jebusites and Canaanites and, you know, none of those exist anymore. Through Jesus Christ, all he has now is favorites. That was cheesy. All right. Numbers 13, verse 25. It was still fun to say. So Moses sends these guys out, and there's 12 because one represents each tribe, all right, knowing that there's 12 tribes. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Forty days they spied out this land that God had promised them. Now watch this. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron, and all the congregation... Uh, of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Even brought some of the fruit that was there. Listen to what they said. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. Alright, so they see the goodness. They see the provision. They see that God, what God said was true, was true. Nevertheless, The people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Now, Anak was a giant and who had giants for descendants. All right? The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites. Wait, wait. Didn't they already know this? Didn't God tell them about these people groups that are going to be there? They're acting like... They're shocked at this. And the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb, I love Caleb, he quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. I like Caleb. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Wow. I'm happy to be pastoring the, a church of people who believe that we be able and not the church of the we be not able Verse 32, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Say bad report. They gave the children of Israel a bad report. Now, God had given them the report already. It's a good land flowing with milk and honey, and you're going to have to take take it because there are these people there. You're going to have to fight for it. Now, they get here and say, yeah, it is good, but there's people there, and we're going to have to fight for it, and we can't. All right? The land which we have gone uh, Bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, verse 32 the land through which we have gone as spies in a land that, watch this, is a land that devours its inhabitants. Man, how much can you exaggerate? It devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Wait, I thought the descendants of Anak were there. That's one people group. Then there was all the others. Now they're saying, they're all giants. They devour their They devour everything. They devour all the people, all the the, the people there, and they're all giants. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we watch this, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. Grasshoppers? Are you serious? We saw Anak and his and we were we were like grasshoppers, all the way down here. Well, they're really trying to sell this, aren't they? (laughs) You know what's interesting? This report was not based upon what the spies saw. It's really based on what they believed. Ten had a bad report. Two had a good report. They all saw the same thing, though. They're all looking at the same thing. And ten had nothing but bad to say, and only two had something good to say. Listen to me. When you go after what God has promised you, my family... I'm here to encourage you tonight. You're going to be in the minority in that group. You're going to be in the minority. You stand strong in faith, and people are going to call you all kinds of names. They're going to accuse you of all kinds of things. Oh, you're one of them name-it-and-claim-it people, aren't you? Blab it and grab it. You're one of those uh, health and prosperity people, aren't you? They're going to say all kinds of things about you. You're, you're one of those hyper-grace churches, don't you? All kind, they just put all kinds of labels on you. You're going to let that stop you from getting the promise? Because they have a bad report? Hmm? All kinds of evil out there. Joshua and Caleb. Now jump over to Numbers 14. I'm, we're coming in for the landing. Numbers 14, let's look at verse 8. If the Lord delights us, this is Joshua speaking here. He says, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and He's trying to get them over to on the good stuff, right? Remember the good, all right? Verse 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. You say it it devours its inhabitants? No, we're going to devour them. They're our bread. Watch, their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Verse ten, and all the congregation look at look at the people's response. They're not excited about this at all. And all the congregation said, "Stone them with stones." All they ever taught, all they ever have, is a good report. All they ever preach over there is good stuff. Kill them. (laughs) Now, the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Woo! Wow. So, Joshua and Caleb, they saw the promise, didn't they? They saw this promise, but the others, all they saw was problems. The reason we can't, the reason it's too hard. Because they focused on and talked about those problems, they didn't get the promise. God has made you many promises. They're not automatic. You must first believe that those promises are true. You must believe that those promises are for you. And you must take possession of those promises. Well, how do I do that, Pastor? Your confession is your possession. Alright? We are able. We are able. God is with us. We can do this. I can do this. I am healed by Jesus' stripes. I am healed. God said I'm healed, then I'm healed. I'm sick as a dog, but I'm healed because Jesus said I'm healed. I received that into my life. I'm going to take, take in that promise. I'm not going to focus on the problem. I'm not going to focus on the issue. I believe God's word above all else and I'm going to confess it until I possess it. Or name it and claim it, whatever you want to call it. Joshua and Caleb's confession eventually brought them into this promise. Eventually. Forty-five years later. Forty years later, but, but, well, you'll see why I said forty-five in just a moment. Forty years later. Forty years. You know what they're waiting to happen? Do you know why they're waiting for forty years? Because God said, for every Every day that you were there spying out the land, I'm going to give you a year more in the wilderness. Talking to the 10 spies that gave the bad report, for every year, every day that you were in there spying, I'm going to give you a year in the wilderness. So 40 years for 40 days of bad reporting. 40 years. And they all died in the wilderness before the rest could go in. So this is what they're waiting on. They're waiting on people to die. All right. All you doubters need to just get out now. So they're just watching them, you know, slowly over the over the years. Finally gets down to the last guy, and he's like expire already, man. We got a promised land to get to. Right? So finally he does, and yeah, let's go. Think about this for a moment. The guys who believed, the guys who believed, think of, I'm I, I trying to put myself in, in their shoes while I was studying this out, thinking about 40 years. Four, they didn't do anything wrong. These were the guys who were the heroes. These were the guys that we'd be able. And they had to wait 40 years. Think about it. Every day they're looking, and they're looking off in the distance and they can see their promise, but they're not one day closer to it. They confess it, that's my land, that's our land, God promises that land. Don't you know that somewhere along the way they had to get weary of seeing it and not possessing it? The temptation to give up, the temptation to just settle, the temptation to go, man, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. But yet, I have a feeling they held on to it. I have a feeling Joshua and Caleb got together and said, man, ain't you glad we had the right thing to say? Buddy, I can't wait till we get in there. And they just built their anticipation. And I imagine they had to stay vigilant in faith. And at times they became weary. But praise God, the waiting finally stopped. The waiting was finally over and the day came. And We'll finish here in Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14, now they've already come in, and they've already come into the promised land, and they've been kicking butt and taking names for about five years now, all right? This is now 45 years later from the day that they came back with that report, 45 years later, Joshua 14, 6, then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of... That guy, the uh, Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. All right? You know what he said. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him. How? Oh, yeah. Caleb brought back word as it was in his heart, not what he was seeing. What did he have in his heart? He had the promise in his heart. He had the word of God in his heart. So he spoke from that. We believe and therefore speak as it was in my heart. Not by what he saw, but by what he believed. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. These other jokers didn't. So Moses, I should say that right there. That's Eric Holler's translation. Verse 9, so Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. What did Caleb do? He believed God. That's what he did. That's how he wholly followed. He believed the report of the Lord. And he went after the promise. And God said, because of that, and he spoke through Moses to him, saying, not only is it going to be your land, but it's also going to be your children's land, too. This, This is going to be in your family a long time. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. Wow. Look what he says. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me Lord I want that. At 85 I want to be as strong as I was at 40. That'd be awesome, huh? 85 I'm just as strong today just as my strength was then and watch this. So now is my strength for I know the promise is there and I know there's a battle coming. And I got strength for the war. Yeah. I'm ready for war. I've been waiting 45 years for this war. I love I love Caleb. I love, I love his guts. Both were going out and coming. Look at verse 12. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Mountain? You're 85 years old, man. Don't you want a little flatter surface? Give me this mountain. Now, watch this. Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day you for you heard in that day how the Anakim were there. Not, not Anakin, not Darth Vader, Anakim, all right? How the Anakim were there and the cities, that the cities were great and fortified. Look what Caleb is asking for as an 85-year-old man. He's asking for a mountain. He's asking for a place where the giants dwell, and he's asking for the place where they have fortified cities. This has got to be the toughest piece of property to possess. It's mountainous, it has giants, and it has fortified cities. And Caleb, Caleb said, That's what I want. Wow. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. So, what Caleb is saying is, I'm ready for war. I want this mountain. Yeah, the one with the giants. Yeah, the one with the fortified cities. If I, I don't care. I'll fight uphill. I'll fight the tallest. I'll fight the strongest. I'm here to prove that God's promise is true. He said, God said that this is my inheritance. Then there is no enemy that can stop me. If God said it, there's no one who can stop me. The scripture has already pronounced over them and over you today. If God is for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. It doesn't matter you win. Amen. Say this with me. You've said it before. God plus me God plus equals me. the majority. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 13, we're, we're going to read three more verses. And Joshua blessed him. Yeah. <laughs> I would too, I think. Go for it, old man. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron, Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. <laughs> as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron, formerly, was Kirjath Arba. I know I'm butchering this, but forgive me. I did get part of my education in southern Oklahoma. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim, all right? Then the land had what? Then the land had, in other words, Caleb drove them all out. He took the mountain, he killed the giants, and he brought down the forts. At 85 years of age, love this guy. And the land had rest. And the land had rest. The land had rest from war. See, this is the rest that you and I have been brought into, and we're going to get into Hebrews chapter 4 next week that talks about what the rest of God is. The rest of God is salvation. It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's brought you into a rest from war. That is, we have peace with God now through the Lord Jesus Christ. Peace, the Greek word is erene. It is the end of the rage and havoc of war, a state of national tranquility. The war between heaven and earth is over. Jesus is our peace, our Irene. Hallelujah. Hebron. Hebron, my family, would later become the seat of David's throne where he would rule there for seven years and then go on to Jerusalem for 33 years. Very significant place. But it started with an old man who was convinced of the promise of God more than he was of the trouble ahead or the war he would have to fight you got to be convinced of that tonight, that God's word is true. If he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he will make it good. He just needs you to believe it with all your heart. Believe it until you possess it. Amen. Confess that promise until you are living in it. Because these promises are here for us to live in. Amen. That's what I pray for you all the time, that you would live in the realities of the promises of God. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Father, we want to say thank you for this time together and with my family tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness here in this place. Thank you for your promises, that all the promises of God are in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. And you are the best promise keeper ever. You always keep your promise. You always keep your word to those who will believe it. So tonight, we hold true to your promise. Whatever... Whatever that need is that you have, whatever that... You need, I want you just right now, just confess what God has said. Confess his promise for you. If you need healing, confess that you are healed. If you need to find out your breakthrough, confess that you are blessed with believing Abraham. Amen. Blessed by God that he supplies all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If you need restoration, thank God. He is the God who restores. He turned water into wine just like that. Brought years together. If you've got lost years to, to tonight profess, proclaim, declare that you are restored in Jesus' name. Believe, hallelujah, tonight for that promotion. Confess that God's blessing is upon you, that his favor surrounds you as with the shield, that where you go, he goes. And if he's for you, who can be against you? It doesn't matter. Tonight, maybe you need some rest. Tonight, maybe you need strength for your body. The Bible says that he is your strength. He is your rock. He is your high tower. He is your refuge. He is a very present help in time of need. Tonight, you might need wisdom for a situation. The Bible says that God gives liberally wisdom to all who will ask in faith. He's everything that you need tonight. Just believe that. Confess it with your mouth. Confess that tonight. Believe it and receive it in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you honor your word. You watch over your word to perform it. Lord, tonight we choose to stand here like our father Abraham, who are persuaded that you who promised are faithful to perform whatever you yeah. promise. We believe that tonight. I thank you, Lord, for your people being strong in the Lord and yeah. in the power of his might, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that when they go from here tonight, they go in the blessing of God. And tonight, as they lay their head on their pillow, that they will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O oh Lord, make them dwell in safety. Thank you, Lord, that your favor surrounds them as with a shield, that where they go, you go. I thank you that they carry this message, this great message that, that brought salvation to him, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. He died for our sins. He was buried, and God raised him from the dead, and whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that we have to share that with others. May they be bold and courageous, To have that kind of Julian boldness, God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.